that their play on the field put them toward the back of the line. Kaiser doesn't see him. Ball is out. There always seems to be one team further behind. All right, gang, welcome to the Brown Notes podcast, where we let them rip on the Cleveland Browns. My name is Scott. And this is Rico. What's going on, man? We're coming off a victory, right? This is the first time we've done this podcast coming off a victory. It's kind of weird. doesn't feel right. It feels fucking good, man. You know what's funny? Yeah. Is naturally after the browns win it like changes my view of the entire nfl all of a sudden i want to watch all the games i want to watch the (laughs) sunday night game i'm in man i'm like all in when they win you know it's true like sunday night football just is better and then monday night football feels real good and yes you're listening to sports radio a little bit more on during the week yes yes and i was driving into work on monday morning and everybody was like hooting and hollering about the browns on sports radio and i thought to myself you're gonna laugh better put that drink down you're about to spit it all over your laptop i thought to myself i love this team (laughs) (laughs) that my friend is battered brown syndrome right there isn't it (laughs) you are so deep into it man i I, i'm i'm glad i'm here for you i need to to pull you out of that how i just fucking hate them and then i love them you hate them and when they do good you get pissed off when they do well and then you like them again (laughs) yeah but that game (laughs) there was something about that win though over tom brady there was something about it man um i was feeling it i still kind of it's i it's because tom brady's the goat they were down and they came back in the fourth quarter they actually they actually finished the game they came back and finished the game yeah and and like they never do that the browns never come back oh my god no that that freaking never not that never freaking happens dude and it happened against the goat (laughs) so how am i supposed to feel about this am i supposed to feel encouraged about this or or what because again neo right neo is telling me that it's just a one-off and we're going to be back right where we started and the defense is going to shit themselves again like they like they typically do and we're going to get this well I'm not really motivated I'm motivated only when I wear a halloween costume it's kind of garbage and so that's the neo in me but then the then the other neo in me the battered browns part of me feels like hey man this is super awesome and I and I can't wait till sunday why why can't I wait till sunday scott um because our 
beleaguered franchise quarterback will for the first time in two years take the field and for the first time in a cleveland browns uniform wearing that beautiful orange helmet uh 700 days since his last game 700 days since his last game what does that mean why don't you lay it out for our uh, fellow browns fans what the topic of tonight's show is going to be so i was wondering you know, since it's been 700 days since he last played a game, he's coming off of an 11-game suspension. The the entire franchise has put so much pressure on him to be the savior of this season. Um, I'm kind of wondering, Scott, what can we expect out of him in the short term and what can we expect out of him moving forward down the road? That's kind of what I'm wondering tonight. Well, particularly short term, but again, taking that into a, a more midterm approach as well. Are you asking me? Yeah, I want to. I want to see. You know what? What can we expect out of him on Sunday? I'll give you my short term and my long. T- I'll give you my short term, and then you give me your short term, and then okay. I'll give you my long term, and you give me your long term. I like it. Short term, what do I expect? Yeah. You sitting down? I can't wait to hear this. I know I see that look on your face, dude. I can't I can't Six wait to and hear oh. Huh? Six and oh. You're, you think they're gonna run the table, right? <laughs> they're gonna freaking run the table. I <laughs> honestly I'll be honest. Woo! I know. Only after a win do I sound <laughs> Anybody who's listened to this podcast probably thinks it's like invasion of the body snatchers and like I've been kidnapped and there's some other alias taking my place. Where is my where is my um incurably depressed <laughs> Browns fan friend that I normally do this podcast with? What have you done with him? Can I lay it out though? Yeah, totally. And you know, argue with me if you must, or just give your contrarian opinion or agree, but hit me. The schedule is really favorable, okay? You've got three division games and three non-division games. Your three division games, you've got Cincinnati, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh. And then your non-division, you've got New Orleans, you've got the Texans, and you've got the Commanders. So that's the rest of the season. So not the hardest. We are through the hardest part of the schedule, and it kicked our ass, but we got through it. Sure We're did. through it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I don't take the Bengals lightly. They were in the Super Bowl last year. I don't take Lamar Jackson lightly. Uh, the Commanders, I think, can give us a fight. I think New Orleans can be interesting. I think we're going to beat the Texans pretty handedly. I think we can beat the Steelers handily. But things are different now. We have Deshaun Watson. So let me just lay out some things to reinforce your point here. So I guess the big question is the guy hasn't played a down of football in 700. Well, on Sunday, it'll be a a give or take around 700 days. But I think point number one, the last two weeks, he's been running the scout team. So at, at first, and I was thinking about this, about three or four hours ago, actually, when I was thinking about, 
you know, how we were going to approach tonight. But um, I thought because they were talking on the radio about how he was, he was taking um, scout team reps for the last, you know, couple weeks or whatever. So at face value, you're, you might think, well, he's running the scout team, so he's not really running very much of the Browns playbook, right? But what he was doing while he was running the scout team was going against the first team defense, which, okay, Cleveland's defense has been poopy this year, but it's still their first team defense. So that is only going to serve to help him out, right? From that perspective, even though yeah. he's not really running the Browns playbook, he's getting reps against the first team D, which he normally, I don't think, really <laughs> would get as much of if he was running the Browns first team offense. Then you're going to be going against the scout team, right? And then, and I, I showed this to you. So then I'm thinking, and I saw this, this, uh, this, uh, this blurb on this on this um, this this Browns board that I follow, and they were talking about the rust factor. Remember, I sent this to you. So yeah, the rust with Montana somebody, and Manning. Yeah, yeah, this is from the OBR. If any of you guys out there know the OBR, this is from there. So I'm not going to read all of this, but just to kind of reinforce why I think he's going to have a good game. So Joe Montana was off for a really long time. He was injured, right? And then he went to Kansas City. And his very first game back to Kansas City, after missing almost two years, he completed 67% of his passes, threw for 246 yards and three touchdowns after, after missing almost two years and starting with a new team. So that's pretty promising, right? I'll give you one more example. Peyton Manning, when he was hurt with the neck, was out for an extended amount of time came back with Denver with the injured neck after being off for a while, completed 73% of his passes for 253 yards and two touchdowns and finished the season with 4,600 yards. So there, there, there are examples of good quarterbacks that have come back after extended time off the field and have done really well. Now, as far as this Sunday is concerned, I'm not – if, if anybody, you know, knows the Browns and media podcasts and streams and websites, you guys might know who Jake Burns is. Jake Burns is crazy good at breaking down film. Uh, I'm not purporting to be remotely close to Jake Burns, but I will say that in my opinion on Sunday, since Houston's run defense is the worst in the league and we have Nick Chubb, I feel like, they're going to be putting a lot of guys in the box to try and stop the run and forcing a guy who hasn't played in two years to throw down the field. So I feel like he's going to have plenty of wide open opportunities to kind of air it out a little bit. And so it could be like these, like Peyton Manning in Montana where he's going to have opportunities to throw the ball 10 or 15 yards down the field because they're going to have so many guys in the box to try and stop Nick Chubb. So I, I I'm from an offensive perspective. I don't disagree with you at all because with Jacoby Brissett, they are the fifth best offense in the NFL with Jacoby. Now you take him out and put in Deshaun Watson. How much better is the offense going to be? Now, here's the other side of it. Here's where I want to disagree with you because as much as Deshaun Watson may inspire the defense to maybe want to play a little harder or they might give them a little jolt of energy, he's not 
on the defense. The defense still has to do their – his inspiration, I feel, is only going to take the defense so far. And they're really freaking weak on the defensive line, and their linebackers have been marginal. And the defensive backs, not MJ Emerson, have been getting torched a lot. MJ Emerson has been playing out of his mind, man. But – they're, the other guys haven't been so good, and Greg Newsom has been out with a concussion. So as much as I want to think that Deshaun Watson being on the field is going to inspire the defense, I'm not feeling super confident that, that, that the defense is going to be super great. Now, it is Houston, but still I feel like his inspiration is only going to take the defense so far, and they've been asked this whole year. So well, they have, <clears throat> there have been glimmers though, and they did yeah. play, they did play well. And we saw Miles Garrett and others play well against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. True. You know? We've seen them play well in places in recent weeks. And I think that where we've been getting killed is in the run game because our defense isn't designed to stop. It's not built to stop the run. It may be ill-conceived on the part of Andrew Barry, but I think when they put this defense together, they said, hey, it's a passing league. We're going to build a defense to stop the pass. Um, they were short-sighted and not realizing that the league would, you know, shift to the run, right? Which they yep. which they have. Um having said that, though, I think that I don't know that teams are going to be able to commit to the run the way they have in recent you know this season because i think that they will be playing from behind because i think our offense is going to score and i think those periods that we kind of had even with as well as the offense has has played we know from watching them all year that they've gone through these spells in the middle of games where they put together multiple series you know of punting and not not finding the end zone not kicking field goals coming away without points and I just think offensively, we're going to be, we're going to keep pressure on the opposition to score, which I think is going to force opposing teams into passing downs passing to try more. to keep up. So I think that that's going to help our defense because our defense is weakest against the run. And I, I would venture to guess we're not going to see as much commitment to the run in the second, in the last six games. Yeah. And also, I was because we're going to score points. I mean, it's just that simple. This yeah, offense I mean, is going to find the end zone. And and I think what you're saying is is those long ass time periods in the second and third quarters where the offense just freaking disappears. That's not going to happen now because now you have Deshaun Watson in there who is legitimately an elite top three or four quarterback in the entire NFL. So that you you do raise a good point and to reinforce what you're saying i was watching ultimate cleveland sports show and they had mary Kay on and um mary Kay cabot writes for cleveland.com in case there's anybody out there who doesn't know and she was um advocating for the defense and defending him by bringing up just how many injuries they've had during the season of some really important players like Miles Garrett missed a couple games. Clowney missed a couple games. JOK missed a couple games. Greg Newsom has been out. Denzel Ward's been out. Um, every, all, uh, um, Anthony Walker, um, uh, Jacob Phillips. There's been so, I think 
And that's a really great point, man. The defense has been assy, but they've had so many injuries for so many important defensive players that it kind of reminds me of the year that think it just just hit me just now. The year that Aaron Rodgers won the Super Bowl with Green Bay, their defense had, I think, they only had like two or three original starters. I think they had almost double-digit injuries that year on defense. So it kind of reminds me of that. So that just goes more to what you're saying, that um, the defense has been hurt a lot, and now we're starting to get some guys healthy, some of them, and the offense is going to put more points on the board, which is going to put more pressure on the opposing team to have to pass the ball more, which plays into how our defense is built in the first place. So those are really all great points. I, I, yeah. can't, I can't argue with you on your optimism from that perspective for sure. I mean, I think, I mean, Deshaun Watson today said in his press conference, you know, this offense is, you know, top five, top 10 in the league and, you know, multiple categories, you know, so he's playing in his, he's basically presenting himself like, I'm just going to try to keep up, you know, the good, uh, you know, the good precedent that was set by Jacoby Brissett's, you know, handling of the offense. And I think he's being, you know, he's being complimentary and modest, but, I think the rust factor is a one quarter thing and it'll be gone. Once he takes a couple hits and completes a couple passes, I think it's going to come back like riding the bike. I mean, the guys, how old is, is Deshaun Watson? He's 25, 25 or so. 26, something like that. He's, yeah. He's, I think he's a baby still. Yeah. I think, um, I think a quarter of rust and it'll shake off quite honestly. And I think the thing it's, he's going to be able to extend drives, the drives that would end, where Brissett couldn't extend drives, he's going to be able to extend them either by getting out of the pocket and running. He's going to find a way to make things happen. You know? Yeah. I mean, we, when we were first watching, I remember early in the year, first watching Jacoby Brissett, it was obvious how careful he was being with everything he did on the field. Yeah. So all those things you heard about him about, oh, well, you know, he doesn't turn the ball over, game manager, you know, he's he's going to execute Stefanski's offense. And I think for Stefanski coming off the Baker Mayfield stuff, it was probably like he probably enjoyed having a quarterback basically run, you know, execute to the best of his ability. Somebody he can actually work with. <laughs> yeah. But with Deshaun Watson, all of that kind of like conservatism that you would get from Brissett is not going to be there, you know, maybe yeah, in I the mean, first quarter. But think about what you just this said. This guy's going to take chances, you know. Think about what you just said. Kevin Stefanski, even going back with, I'll even put Kirk Cousins in this. His, Kevin Stefanski, is, the majority of his career has been trying to make diamonds out of shit. And try and getting quarterbacks to play above what they can do. And he spent his whole career doing that so far. Now he finally has a guy that he doesn't have to prop up like that and that he can actually let her rip, if that makes sense. Yep. It'd be really interesting to see where he goes with this. But I wanted to ask you, I had an idea. You know, you said before about, you know, once he has a couple of runs and maybe gets hit a few times and knock the rust off, right? So I thought, wouldn't you want to he needs to get hit. He's got to take that first hit so that, you know, that's always the, you know, 
was when things start to turn is after the, you know, you always talk about, well, he's got to take the first hit. Right. So I thought, especially with him, you want to, you have the opportunity to, for him to take that hit as on his own terms, instead of getting hit, trying to take a pass. So if it were me, then I was calling, if I wanted to expedite that knocking off the rust process, I would call like a keeper, like way early in the game, just so that he can get hit on his terms and expedite that process of maybe moving on instead of, you know, dropping back and hoping that he doesn't get hit on somebody else's terms. I might want to, I might want to take control of that process and just run a, run a sneak or something just so that he can get hit and just get it over with, you know, it could happen, man. So in the interest of moving this thing forward, so what are your ex and we're going to run out of time here. So we'll have to barrel through, but what are your expectations short term? I think Sunday, and I mean, it's the NFL, and you can never overlook any NFL team. I think we've all learned that, but especially with our team, that's probably been overlooked by other teams and have lost because of it. But I think this is a good game for him. This is couldn't be a better first game for him, um, even if even though it's Houston, and even though Tony Busby and his ridiculous publicity stunt with the girls that he's going to have there. Um, I, in spite of that, how bad Houston is, this is a great opportunity for him to knock the rust off. I, I really feel confident they're going to win. <sighs> Are they going to run the table? They certainly could, but the Cincinnati game and the Baltimore game really worry me. I mean, those are two really good football teams, man. And <clears throat> Baltimore, even though Cleveland played really good against them earlier this year, it's like us and Cincinnati, how we always have Cincinnati's number. Like Baltimore just seems to always have our number, no matter how good we play. And I would like to think that it's – I don't know, man. I, I see at least four and two. Five and one is super realistic, I, I can totally see five and one. They I certainly could run the table, but man, they would have to sweep Cincinnati and beat Baltimore. Is it Baltimore in Cleveland? Baltimore's in Cleveland. So yeah. that makes it easier for Cincinnati's them. Cincinnati's in Cincinnati. Man, I want to say four and two or five and one for the rest of the season. I just I have I'm having a hard time buying that they're going to beat both Baltimore and Cincinnati, even though they certainly could. See, I'm, here's the thing: is I don't look at it as a Cincinnati sweep because we didn't play. It was a little bit like when we, we swept Cincinnati last year, right? But yeah. the first game was Baker, and the second game was Case Keenum, right? Yeah. And Cincinnati yeah. played a bunch of backups. Yeah. So, did we really play Cincinnati twice? You well, know what Cincinnati, I mean? Cincinnati didn't play Cleveland twice right. from that perspective. They, but I see what you're saying. It's this is same. a totally different matchup. It's a totally. It, it is. When you, Rico, here's what I'm getting at with all of this optimism. <laughs> you are crazy optimist. I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around your optimism here. I'm not. I'm not predicting 6-0. I'm not. I know that's outrageous, but I'm just saying it could happen. I okay. agree with you 100%. And here's why I'm being so optimistic. And I I, I just don't think that because we're Browns fans who yeah. and we've been following this team since the Cardiac Kids, I don't think we realize yet. And also because there's been so much sturm and drang around Deshaun Watson and his 
legal escapades, right? Yeah. That when you set all of that aside. I think I know where you're going with this. I don't think we are realizing yet as fans that we now have our Patrick Mahomes. We now have, we have an elite level quarterback. Okay. Is he the number one or number two quarterback in the league? No, but you could argue that when he's playing at his best, he could be top five, you know, certainly top seven, you know, I mean, he's an elite quarterback elite. Okay. And you're plugging him into an offense that has Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, strong offensive line, Amari Cooper, people's top five tight end, and Joku. You know, you're giving him more talent than he certainly ever had in Houston at any point in time on offense in terms of weapons, in terms of protection. Um, I think Kevin's, I know people are, you know, Kevin, people are not happy with Kevin Stefanski, but I'll take him over. Uh, who was the cat down there? Bill O'Brien, whatever the hell's name was, right? Terrible. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he's going to have the best. Co- well, plus, to your point, you said Kevin Stefanski's entire career has been, you know, making, uh, what's the, what do I want to say? Chicken salad out of chicken shit. What's the word here? Yeah, Making lemonade out of lemons or however you want to say. Right. I mean, he's always had marginal quarterbacks that he's made look good. Well, better than they ought to have looked. Right. Yeah. Well, now he's, I don't think people realize that. So when I'm looking at these matchups and I say, I wouldn't really view it as sweeping Cincinnati. It's because I think that when you add an elite quarterback to your team, you fundamentally changed your team. The league is about the quarterback. So this matchup True. against the Bengals is not the matchup on Monday night football where the Browns beat them. It's no, we are it now really a different football team. No, you're 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 right. Fundamentally, and, and... a different football team. When you are now in the conversation with Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, all the elite quarterbacks in the league, you can now the Cleveland Browns can now walk into the room and say, "Oh, we belong with these guys," and we've never in our lives been able to say that. I love Bernie Kosar and Brian Sipe. But in our lives, we've never been able to walk into that room with the elite quarterbacks and say, oh, we can be here shoulder to shoulder with these guys. I think you raise a really great point. I think as as much as, you know, you can watch the Sean Watson highlights on YouTube all you want, but he's but he's in Houston. And and all we've witnessed for 20 some year, odd years and, and even longer for people that are older like me and you. All, all, all that comes to our mind is the extent, the huge list of head coaches that we've gone through and the huge list of starting quarterbacks, the jersey. Everybody knows the fucking jersey, right? Yep. You add another name to the jersey, right? And and the <clears throat> one in 31 and all of that shit, that's all we know. And we try to conceptualize the impact that this dude is going to have on this football team. And it's, I think it's really hard because watching Houston highlights is not the same. And thinking about it and going over stats like, yeah, the fucking offensive DVOA is this five right now. Well, that doesn't really do it justice. I think we're all going to see throughout the course of the next six games just how much of an impact this dude is going to have on this football team. 
Think about the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes and some of the shit defenses that they've had. Anybody ever talk about that? Right. When's the last time somebody talked about how good or bad the Chiefs defense was? Right. And it's and here's the thing is um you know we don't know as fans, right? We don't know. We have not seen it and we are um you know we are abused, right? We're used to our team letting us down and I don't yeah. think we fully kind of are able to wrap our minds around the fact that I really look at this as week 1. I don't look at this as like, oh, we've got to play Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati for the second time. This is week one. It's a new season. And adding it, I can't think of a time in recent history. I can't think of one period where a team has added an elite quarterback at some point in the season that they've never seen their team with before. Yeah. You know, this isn't crazy. This isn't baseball where you go out at July 4th and you trade for an ace and then you play the last two months of the season with, you know, you're the Brewers and now you've got CC Sabathia. You know, this doesn't happen in football, you know? No, especially not a quarterback. No, it doesn't. You know, you might get Odell Beckham if you're the Rams for the stretch run, but not at quarterback. No. Changing out quarterback is like changing out the engine in your car. You know, that's absolutely true. And so I just, what I'm saying is this is week one and you can scrap, you can throw out the first 11 weeks of the season and you can forget about that win over Cincinnati, the first matchup of that win over Pittsburgh, that near win over Baltimore. You can forget about them because we are no longer that team. We have, we have changed out the engine in the car with six weeks left to go or six games remaining. It's a new team that added an elite quarterback for the stretch run of the season. I don't know what to expect, but I expect him to be who he is, and I expect it to happen sooner rather than later, and you've got a cupcake first-time opponent for him to get warmed up and shake the rust off against. You Couldn't know? be a better team for him to get back into the swing of things for sure. Yeah, and so. no one in the country is watching for all intents and purposes. It's not on TV. And Holy so Christ, the coverage is, is minute at best. So <laughs> he can kind of more or less do this, you know, without having the eyes of the nation upon him. And, uh, you know, so let's move on to the second point here and wrap up in the last 10 minutes. So Rico expectations long-term. I fully expect in now, I guess, long-term meaning the length of this contract, right? Yeah. It's all about Deshaun Watson. I fully expect at least two Super Bowl appearances. You eclipsed me. I was just going to say Super Bowl, baby. I mean, that's, I, I expect not, I didn't say wins. Yeah. They have to get there. They got to get there twice. Yeah. They got to get there twice. I'm going to say once in the four years of the contract, they got to get to the Super Bowl. Um, and I think it's possible. And that's my long-term projection is get to the Super Bowl. Get to the Super Bowl in his in the, the, the remainder of his contract? Yeah. Okay. And I think they can I'll, I'll do buy it. That. I'll buy that. I think oh, they can I, do it. They were – I totally – Would they you listen to this podcast? I could, Man, the – I, it just feels weird. I feel like like we're in a different dimension or something. This has been way too uplifting and positive. I'm having trouble with this. I mean, I don't know if they can win the Super Bowl. 
Well, just getting there, I think, would just be fucking insane, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be, and I, I think, <laughs> I mean, I can't even, I can't even conceptualize that. Yeah, and we've had this discussion before. I mean, I, I think, you know, only one team wins the Super Bowl every year. That's right. You can't measure success just based on who the champion is. There's degrees of success, and so I think if the Browns you know, can, can get to the Super Bowl with Deshaun Watson, then the trade is a, you know, without question, it's worth the three totally. you know, first overall picks. And, you know, if they win it even better, I do think a little bit of luck has to come into play. You got to be healthy. You know, things kind of have to go your way a little bit. But, yeah, man, I think long-term the goal, and I think it's possible, it's doable, is to get to a Super Bowl. I could, I agree with you. And and before we wrap things up, I got something for you to chew on that we you can tell me what you think next time. So here's here's something to chew on for next time. Since to use your words, since this is week one of a six game season with a guy that hasn't played in 700 games that we don't really know. We think we know what to expect, but we don't really know what to expect. We can't really conceptualize just how impactful this guy really is going to be. And if this is the first week in a six-game season, if and when they don't make the playoffs, are you going to be disappointed? I don't expect the playoffs. Okay. So I won't be disappointed. I don't expect, I never, I never expected the playoffs when that 11 game suspension came down. I, I, I kind of knew the playoffs weren't happening then. Then I knew when you saw the balance of quarterback power shift to the AFC, that the playoffs, even if he played the entire year, were going to be a tall order. Okay. So I never expected the playoffs this year. Boy, but um, that turned out to not be what people thought, right? Everybody thought you were going to have true. all these powerhouses, but boy, it's so far this year, it's been well, Josh Allen and, and Pat Mahomes, and that's it. Yeah, the big really? one is Rus- Russell Wilson turned out to be the biggest disappointment. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that didn't turn out the way. But I mean, I think, you know, you I still have Lamar saying, Jackson though. and Joe Burrow and the Tua kid in Miami is playing really well. And yeah, so, you know, it's true. You've, it's true. You know, I, so I don't know, man. I just didn't. I'm not going to be disappointed because I didn't think the Browns were winning the Super Bowl this year. It never really crossed my mind. I always viewed this as like a year one kind of thing, you know, and that we'd have to deal with the suspension, whatever it would be, and that this team was going to have to kind of like feel it out, you know. It was a little bit like when LeBron came back, you know. I didn't uh, expect them to win the title that first year back. First I knew year, he right. was going to be here for a while, and that I expected them to get it done at some point. They did it in the second year, you know? Right, right. Which, you know, and I think uh, – and, and maybe we go into more depth with this in another, another, another episode, but I think next year there's going to be some pretty big expectations. Oh, for yeah. sure. Did, um, did you did – you, do you expect playoffs? next year like this year oh this year um at the big no not really i mean realistically no because how every the the way all the talking heads were talking about jacoby Brissett at the beginning of the year um 
that he was just a placeholder and he wasn't ever really going to play well enough for them to have a chance at the playoffs. And every time in this, this is how I was watching these games this year. Um, every time he would have a good game, I felt like it was just going to be that game and water would find its own level. Yeah. He would come back down to earth and be who everybody thought he was. Well, it didn't yeah. really turn out that way, but I didn't, I didn't view him continuing to increasingly get better and that the offense would be a top five offense. Like I said, I felt like water would find its own level and that it would, but now looking back, obviously hindsight's 2020, but no, I, I did. I thought that Jacoby Brissett would just be who everybody thought he was and that they really wouldn't have a shot. But you know what, dude, water, it, it didn't find its level over those 11 games. I think we all kind of were impressed with him on the whole, Yeah. but in true. key moments in games, it found its level. I mean, at there the were multiple game. games where he true. threw the game away on an interception at the end it's when true. he needed to make a play. And those are the things that Deshaun Watson's just not going to do. You yeah, know? and throughout throughout certain parts of all eleven games, there were moments in every single game where Deshaun Watson would have produced a likely different outcome than he yes. did, just because yep. he's just so much better. Yeah. So that's a great point. To your perspective, Water did find its own level throughout the entire season, really. Even though he in moments. better than everybody in moments, right? Even though globally speaking he did play a lot better than everybody thought he did right but when it when the chips were down you needed him to step up he was unable to do so until this past week when this game again a guy led a comeback in the fourth quarter against tom brady this past week yeah you know that's, that's still weird. that was amazing but there were other games earlier in the season that we really needed against inferior and po- opponents when he couldn't get the job and, done. and it wasn't there and it wasn't there that's true yeah well, anyways, I think I've had enough of this fucking love fest. Jesus, it's just all right. Let's talk about the really Jets weird. game some more. <laughs> <laughs> no, please not. So yeah, man. Um, I expect I expect them to win on Sunday, and I expect them to win more games than they lose the rest of the season. Let me just say it that way. I'll take it. Go Browns. Go Browns. Cleveland Browns, all day, all night.